0: I'm you
1: This is The
0: Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I am so excited about a new week. We are ready to rock and roll. We're ready for the fight to begin all over again. Welcome into the program the way we do each and every day. It is a Monday, the greatest day of the entire week, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. You can find us on social media. Now, here's the thing. I finally figured it out i finally figured out the reason why we haven't been able to do the facebook live streaming is because i'm banned from doing it i thought it might be a technical issue on my end because 90 percent of the time it's an operator error this guy <laughs> but it's not this time so Two weekends ago, I had made a post uh, during a discussion on social media. I had made a post, and I made a very simple post saying that I do not believe Donald Trump was responsible for the violence and the protests that happened in Washington, D.C. Very clean, very simple, very nice. Immediately, it got banned. Now, I didn't know it entailed other things as well, but it got banned. We were not allowed to apparently post that because that was going against and violating community standards with Facebook. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just by saying, I don't believe that President Donald Trump was responsible for inciting the violence in the protests in Washington, D.C. Just that right there. It came up with a message and it said, uh, this violates our community standards. We're going to remove this post. And I said, all right, fine, whatever. Go away, Facebook. Leave me alone. I don't care. Well, since then, all last week, we have not been able to do the live streaming on Facebook. Now, I use a program called Restreamer. where we broadcast it out on all the different platforms. So it's on Facebook, it's on Twitter, it's on Twitch, it's on LinkedIn, it's on Facebook, it's on YouTube. It's on the website at whooshareason.com, so you can find the video anywhere, uh, because it's an awesome program. So that's what we use. I don't go directly to Facebook in order to do it. Well, on our Saturday program, I do a local program here on KQAM talking about state issues in the state of Kansas, called Kansas Talk. And on there, we do just specifically do only Facebook Live on our KQAM Facebook page. Is And since I am the operations manager for the station, I am an admin on that so I can get into that. Well, I went to go set up the Facebook Live Saturday morning and it all got explained to me. And it came up as I tried to get the Facebook live set up for that show. And it came up with an error that said, no, you are temporarily suspended from this, from p- participating in this event because you violated community standards. Now, I don't know if that's a 30 day ban. I don't know if that's just indefinite. I have no idea. So we are not on Facebook right now, which means you can find us on our website at HoosierReason.com. which I figured, you know what? It's okay. We need to drive people to the other sites as well. So you can find us on YouTube at who's your reason. You can find us on Twitch at who's your reason. You can, and by the way, no, Ion Hoosier. You can You can find us on Twitter, on LinkedIn, also on the website at HoosierReason.com. To heck with Facebook. We're not doing the live stream on there anymore right now. Once it allows us to, I may put it back on there. But until then, heck with it. I don't really care. So that's where we're at today. Happy Monday. Got a lot a lot of stuff to go through today. Peter Woods, he'll be joining us today, author of the book 1620, A Critical Response to the 1619 Project. He's going to talk to us about the actual original start of the nation, the start of this country, how great we were and when it actually happened. We'll do a little history buff today on the show, so I'm looking forward to chatting with him. Plus, it's a big week for us. Aren't you excited? <laughs> yeah, a big week. So we have... Changes in Washington, D.C. We have protests that may or may not happen. They say there's armed people showing up in D.C. I don't know if that's true or not. But I can assure you that the Democrats have absolutely lost their minds and they are beyond paranoid. You know, when you do something wrong as a kid, you've lied to your parents about something, you did it and you lied about it. And then it's like eating away at you. And then you're uh, paranoid about catching yourself like accidentally Um, admitting it or you say something else that's going to counter the story that you told them and then it just spirals downhill because that's what liars do. You can't contain it because it all just kind of spirals downhill. They're starting to get to that point. They are paranoid, paranoid to the point to where out of the 25, 26,000 National Guard members in Washington, D.C. right now to protect the virtual inauguration of Joe Biden on Wednesday, they're now starting to do background checks On the like 2,000, 3,000 National Guard members because they think that they're going to be the ones that incite the violence. Can we say, and they call us the tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorists here because we thought the election was actually rigged and that we need to check on some irregularities and just to make sure everything is running smoothly. They're the ones testing their own National Guard members thinking that's going to be the insurrection that's going to happen. That's weird. So we have the wannabe president coming up in, on Wednesday saying, oh, I remember what the color red is and he's going to try and be president. of the So that's something big. But even bigger than that, like way more important than that, Conor McGregor's getting back into the octagon on Sunday. I'm just throwing that out there. UFC 257 is coming back on Wednesday and the Irishman himself, Conor McGregor, is going to be back in the octagon after a year of not fighting. So to me, that is way more exciting than Joe Biden pretending to be president. We already know what's going to happen there. Uh, He's going to try and do it. And he's already got his long list of things he wants to do once he becomes president and the executive orders he wants to sign and to get rid of the Donald Trump administration's legacy. Just like that. So we'll talk about some of the agenda items that Joe Biden may have coming up in uh, later on in the show. But I'm starting to see now how the Democrats are reacting to all of this, the giddiness that they are. And as we've mentioned before, not just the fact that they want to advance their progressive agenda, but they want to punish, rub the salt in the wound, and punish any Republican that may have supported Trump over the last few years. Or, by the way, you, as a voter, who despise, uh, they despise you. They don't want you around. Here's a post from popsugar.com. Not sure what that is. Some pop culture site. Okay. Stop calling for, this is a Democrat post, by the way. Stop calling for unity. I'm not, quote, coming together with domestic terrorists. While Joe Biden is out trying to campaign on the whole unity thing, oh, we're going to be unified. I'm going to be everybody's president. I'm a Democrat, but I'm going to be everybody's president. But by the way, if you're a Republican or you're a Trump supporter, you've been a deplorable and we really despise you. And now you're labeled as a domestic terrorist. I'm starting to put the puzzles together in my head, just kind of the differences, the true raw differences between conservatives and progressives in today's time, because it's kind of dramatic, isn't it? And when we talk about trying to find common ground and find unity, we can sometimes find unity. Again, I'm not saying cut off the other end completely. I'm saying they need to come to us to have the conversation because we've gone to them for way too long. We've gone to their side to try and do that olive branch, try to extend that olive branch way too long. They are the narcissists on the left side of the aisle that say, if you want to do unity, you need to come to us. You need to apologize for your issues and you need to get along with what we want to do because we're the ones that are going to dictate this. That's what a narcissist does. And that's what the Democrats have done for as long as I can remember. You need to come to us. You need to you need to uh, 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 to ask forgiveness. You need to compromise your values. You need to come to agreements with what we want to do. And then we'll maybe give a little bit just to show a little good faith, but you need to do 80% of the compromising here. Republicans, evil people who are just dumb and stupid and just don't understand the way the world works because you're just a bunch of uneducated hillbillies. It's the way the Democrats see you. And oh, yes, it's true. I have an audio clip to prove it here in just a little bit. But I'm starting to try and really break down the differences between the progressives and the conservatives here on this unity. Now, when you were a kid, let's go back to this time again, you lied to your parents because, well, you got into a fight at school. Now, how did your parents and how did the maybe teachers back then, the principal back in the day, not today's times, but back then, how did they resolve these issues if you got into a fight? There are many that said, you know what, if you want to fight, Take it outside. And guess what? 90% of the time after you got all that exertion out, then you were usually best buddies. You usually got it all out. It was great. You patted each other on the back, broke each other's noses. Now you're best friends. Now you can't do that. Now you need to sit and talk it out. Talk about, talk about your feelings. How do you really feel? Let's talk about that bully that you had in school, or maybe you were the bully in that school. Did the talking really solve anything? Did the talking, how do you really feel inside? Are you going through some issues right now? Is it making you feel really uncomfortable? Are you really triggered about something? Let's talk about this. Let's talk about it. Does that make you feel better? If you sit there and do, well, let's do the meditation, child, because you're bullying people. You obviously have a lot of energy exerted. We need to put you on ADHD pills. (laughs) Namaste, and you need to meditate just a little bit. Does it make you feel better? How do you really feel right now? No, that's not the way it works. And no matter what the progressive PC culture tries to do in today's times, you're never going to be able to stop bullying, especially with that mentality. A bully's going to bully, going to bully because that's what they do. There's a dominance factor, especially with children, to dominate over and show their superiority. And the other kids can either cower. Or they can learn to adapt and learn to cope with it because that's the way society works. Bullying doesn't go away just because you become an adult. They're either become the mass shooters because they can't bottle it up and take it anymore. Or the bullies end up calming down a little bit. Or they're the ones that excel and go on because they don't let anyone tell them what to do. And they don't let anybody get in their way. And that's just the way the world works. So there's a difference in how it was handled then. And how it was handled. Now, I'm seeing a lot of resemblance in today's times with the Democrats or the progressives, I would say, because there are some Republicans on that side as well. The elites, the establishment, the deep state, whatever, and the conservatives. So the progressives and the conservatives, let's talk for one about the violence in the protests over the last year compared to what happened a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. What's the difference? There were there was years, I would say years, multiple years of violent protests burning down cities looting stores, stealing cash registers, stealing TVs out of Kmart, because that's apparently a way to show your your social justice. Uh, That's okay, because they're hateful. The other side is truly, honestly, hateful. We uh, are entitled to something. You're not going to take that away, so therefore we are entitled to take whatever we want to, and you're a jerk for not supporting us with that. What happened a week and a half ago? People are frustrated... Because they're not feeling they're properly represented. And at the deep state, the establishment, the whatever, the elites in government, whatever you want to call them, aren't properly representing them. And that there's a vast travesty that happened in our election to where our voices were not heard. So we're frustrated and we express that frustration. There's a difference between hatred and frustration. The left side hated Donald Trump for four years, more than four years, four and a half years, five years, whenever he started running. They hated Donald Trump for four years. They hated his followers for four years. His supporters, the Republican Party in general, they despised them with a passion, which is why you got pictures of Kathy Griffin holding a decapitated Trump head as a piece of art. And it was so it was just art. It was just art. You can't get upset about that. It's just art. That's why we had people assaulted that wore MAGA hats walking down the street. That got you know things poured on them or beat up in the street. That's why they got verbally assaulted day in and day out. That's why we had a Native American chanting right in this this kid's face because he wore a MAGA hat and he's the problem. He's the white supremacist. There was absolute hate from the other side. On the conservative side, do we hate anybody? I disagree with a lot of people, but I don't think there's a single person that I absolutely hate because I was taught not to hate. That you can't hate. You can dislike someone. You can disagree with them, you can limit and distance yourself from them, but you don't hate anybody because it's a very strong thing that you just shouldn't do. Uh, Again, just those evil moral Christian values that we actually have telling us not to actually hate. But we're hated while we're frustrated. There's a big difference there, isn't there? Let's talk about the identity politics. The other side, all about the identity politics. You're a certain skin color, you're a certain sexual orientation, you're a certain gender, you're a certain... You're in a nice little box and you have to vote that way. That between conservatives, leave me alone. I don't really care. I may not agree with your lifestyle. I may not like who you are because you're kind of a jerk. And just, just let me do my thing. You do you. I do me. See the big difference here? There's a big difference that's beginning to be more exposed as we continue on and Democrats are taking control of everything to where now Democrats are calling for unity. We see Garth Brooks coming out and wanting to perform at Joe Biden's inauguration on Wednesday because it's not about politics. It's about unity. At the same time, we're not allowed on social media. We're now considered the domestic terrorists. We're now going to be punished uh, from the Democrats with everything else that they want. And you guys just need to get along with it. And how dare you protest? And now we're going to call you domestic terrorists. republic
2: you're listening to the voice of reason
1: with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into
0: the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. doesn't matter where you're at, watching or listening, we appreciate you very much. And we are rocking it this month. I talked about it on Friday that we're already up in podcast downloads. We're up by like 20% from where we were this time compared to last month. So thank you for that. You guys are awesome. We love you so much. And I'm glad that you enjoy the program enough to keep coming back day in and day out. Here on the show, it's only growing, only getting better. We got a lot of cool stuff this year. I am so excited about all the fun features. I think I've spread myself so thin that all the programs are, or all the projects are moving a little bit slower than I'd like to because we're doing a lot of them instead of just kind of a targeted approach. But hey, you know, the scattergun approach is fun too, so <laughs> we'll get there uh, here very soon. Welcome back in. Uh, Unity calling for unity from the Republicans and Democrats. Can we find Unity again? I told you before. That until we're heard about our frustrations rather than dismissed, they're not going to stop, for one, and there's not going to be unity. While we hear the radical side saying we're not going to have unity for domestic terrorists, I'm not coming together with that other side. Then we have really where they truly, this really does explain a lot with the higher, you know, we're holier than thou mentality as they try to. Uh, talk about us hillbilly Republican conservative Trump supporters that just ain't smart enough to understand. There was, let me see if I can find it. Oh, here we go. MSNBC had an interview with Eugene Robinson from Washington Post along with Ida Bay Wells, a reporter for the New York Magazine, New York Times Magazine, and they were conversing on MSNBC, talking about how dumb Republicans were. And about how we need to reprogram Trump supporters.
1: Millions of Americans, uh, almost all white, almost all Republicans, who somehow need to be deprogrammed. They're, it, it, it's as if they build, they 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 are members of a cult, the Trumpist cult, uh, and and who have to be deprogrammed. Do you have any idea how we <laughs> how we start that process, even much less complete it? yeah i i I don't know. I'm a journalist. I certainly um, don't know how we can stop people. I know we can look to history though. Uh, what ultimately uh, breaks that power structure in the South is enforcement, right? There has to be consequences. Uh, and then once you get those consequences, I think then people have to take a second look at their actions and they have to be much more uh, afraid uh, to do the types of kind of violence that we saw. This week, uh, last week, the violence that we've seen building—you know, with what happened in Michigan—the violence that's being threatening now. Um, what has long been the case in this country is that we have wanted to quickly move on to reconciliation when it comes to this sort of divide. Uh, we've always been afraid that if you actually punish um, those kind of white nationalist element in our society, it will only make things worse. But In fact, what history shows is is not reacting, not uh, forcing accountability, only emboldens uh, those people in those movements. So I think there has to be some real accountability. Um, There has to be some enforcement of the laws. And then after that, I think, is when you can start trying to build reconciliation.
0: There you are. So because you're conservative, because you believe in traditional values, because you believe in the family values and because you may vote Republican or support Donald Trump, you are automatically a white supremacist. So that's what it always comes down to is the identity politics. You're a fascist. You're a Nazi. You're a racist. You're a white supremacist. So therefore, everything you say is completely dismissed and we don't have to listen to a word of it. But you need to be deprogrammed. And how do they say to do it? By punishment. By law enforcement, punishment coming down on you. It can't be rehabilitation and reconstruction trying to uh, rehabilitate you, but punishment, punishment. Now, the last I thought, I thought that was like, you know, tyranny or fascism to where either you believe what we believe and we force you to do that through reprogramming and through reeducation. We're going to reprogram to believe this. And if you don't believe us and if you don't agree with us, then we're just going to punish you with the peacekeepers. We just need to do that because we need to reprogram you. That's the side that's calling for unity right now. Get on board with us or we will punish you and we will reprogram you because you're a menace to society. Welcome to the unity of the Democrat Party, ladies and gentlemen, and what's to come in 2021 under a Biden administration.
2: The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program.
0: Thanks for hanging out today for a Monday, the greatest day of the entire week, trying to get you started for a new week, setting the tone, which is what we do each and every day here on the show, trying to cram that 10 pounds reason into that five-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial uh, millennial generation, one radio listener at a time, your millennial general. Reporting for duty right here on the show, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. I know those last couple of segments get you riled up. I know. I want it to. But I want it to be for a reason and for a cause. We can do something about this. It's not just all doom and gloom. We have some positivity going and we have a lot of good stuff that we can do to fix the system right now. So bear with us. And we have that positive news. We will be your guiding beacon of light and leadership uh, as we continue on through these dark times of a craziness that is about to ensue here in the country. So stay tuned and we'll continue here, shall we? Uh, let's get into some trending stuff. What do you say? What's trending today? I want to shift gears just a little bit and talk about something a little bit different, but let's go back into a history lesson, shall we? I love history, and the more we can understand about the past, the more we can like not try to repeat it in the future, which seems like the road that we're going down right now with the pendulum swinging on the political scale. So let's go back into history a little bit, shall we? And I'm excited to have on our next guest for the program. He is the president of the National Association of Scholars. He is also author of the new book at 1620, A Critical Response to the 1690. Project. It's Peter Wood hanging in with us here on the show today. Peter, how are you, my friend? I'm great, thank you. Hey, very good. I appreciate you coming on the show very much. So let's start off at the beginning here and let's talk about what is the 1619 Project. What is that?
2: It was a magazine supplement from the New York Times published on August 18th, uh, 2019. It supposedly is on the 400th anniversary of a group of slaves brought to Jamestown, Virginia. It's a essentially a work of propaganda that asserts that that was the real beginning of American history, slavery, bondage, white oppression of blacks, and that everything that has happened in America since that date has been part of the same scheme whereby uh, whites have been triumphing and stealing the labor and goodwill of black Americans. It's a total rewrite of American history. It's aimed at fomenting uh deep dissatisfaction and racial division in the country. It's a kind of I hate America manifesto.
0: Wow. And this is the kind of garbage that's been preached in our universities for a long time, hasn't it? I mean, now that we have people that uh, just say, well, you're white and all the founders were white and they were all slave owners. So therefore, the writing of the Constitution, our Declaration of Independence, our revolution that we did, it was all for nothing because it was all just done by a bunch of white property owning slave owners that really just wanted to benefit for themselves. That's the history that a lot of my generation as a millennial are kind of being taught, aren't they?
2: Uh, That's true, but the 1619 Project is taking it a step further. It it starts with the declaration that uh, America's founding principles were false when they were written. That's what it says. They mean things like freedom and equality are just there as a smokescreen to hide the uh, ugly facts of racial oppression that are the real founding principles of the country. So it's not just that we betrayed the principles or were hypocritical about them. It's that we were actually set on different principles, which were, in fact, aimed at expropriating labor and causing misery to black people. That's who we are deep down. It's in the DNA of the country, according to Nicole Hannah Jones, the principal author of the 1619 Project.
0: Wow, we're just based on a whole bunch of lies. We just send that stuff to get everybody on board, but we just wanted to go about our own agenda. I remember some of the like uh, the philosopher Alexis de Tocqueville during the Civil War era, when uh, he had written about coming to America and kind of seeing the division, you know, around Civil War time, and saying, "Well, you know, look at the prosperity of the North with manufacturing, with industrialization, with how everything's going well and the American dream, and everybody can do what they want to do." And then look at the South where they based their entire economy on slave labor, and you know, the the continent not really innovative things, and he really saw and expressed the differences of the two parts of the country. Now, this is obviously going back to the 1600s, but, I mean, just right there should show that America had a a decision to make during the Civil War, which is one side that we chose, obviously, with, you know, not going that direction, and how could we have flourished to that point if we based our entire economy on what Alexis de Tocqueville taught was that everything was just terrible and we really didn't see a whole lot of innovative growth in the areas where slavery was kind of the bread and butter for the economy.
2: Right. Well, Tocqueville has a wonderful passage where he's taking a uh, trip down the Ohio river and he looks over to his right and sees Ohio with these little flourishing villages that have free labor and a free economy and they're prospering. He looks over to his left and he sees Kentucky which is a slave state, and he sees nothing but misery and shanties and idle people sitting around because slavery breeds a kind of deep dissatisfaction among the people who are even supposedly benefiting from it. Taking advantage of other people's labor and just living off that turns out to be a recipe for poverty, not wealth. So uh, the 1619 Project argues the idea that American prosperity, capitalism, the free market are all the result of plantation uh, slavery, labor, and that uh, the, the North got its capital for building industry indirectly by supporting the southern plantation system. Now. That doesn't hold up to any kind of reasonable economic analysis, but it's, it shows you one of the ways in which this project is trying to reinterpret all American history to fit this design that it's all about slavery.
0: Yeah, it's unbelievable. And I want to talk about your response to that and what the actual history looks like here in just a second. But, I mean, is this being portrayed as Factual information now that we have elected officials up there that really truly believe this kind of thing with a lot of my generation really truly believing this type of propaganda where it's all bad. I mean, is this what's being kind of the standard taught history lesson nowadays for many children?
2: Oh, I'm afraid that it is, and, you know, propaganda works, or it wouldn't be pursued. So if you take a generation of children and from grade school on up teach them that America is a really rotten place that does nothing but exploit people, uh, by the time people are teenagers and are already a bit cynical, they'll buy that, and uh, that's exactly what they're going to get in an even deeper way in college, where it will be layered on with uh, post-modern Claptrap. But uh, yes, I think a generation has now come up in which uh, the Howard Zinn version of history, that is, that it's all about exploitation, is uh, become the kind of common sense. And I think that goes some ways towards explaining the uh, prevailing views of the uh, Democratic Party and its willingness to accept this. Sort of yeah. narrative of our past. Oh,
0: absolutely. I mean, that is being portrayed very much so now with Democrats kind of controlling the presidency in both chambers and what they're going to advocate for and the, the identity politics that they love to play. They've been doing this, obviously, for hundreds of years, especially here in the country. So let's talk about the real history of this. Your book, again, we're talking with Peter Wood, author of the book 1620, A Critical Response to the 1619 Project. Let's talk about the real history. What really happened at the beginning of this nation?
2: Well, I think if you want to go back to the very beginning, the the important date is 1620. That's the year in which a ship arrived off the coast of Massachusetts from England. On board that ship were two groups of people. One were the people we call pilgrims, religious dissenters. The other were a group of just settlers who were intending to go to Virginia and start farms, and they were under contract with a land company in London. The ship was blown off course. It arrived late. It landed up in New England rather than Virginia, where it was supposed to go. And the, the settlers, the people that the pilgrims called strangers, said, hey, we are now free of that contract we signed back in England, and we can get off this ship and go wherever we want and do whatever we want. Given that it was the end of the year, they were nearly out of food, they had no possibility of growing a crop starting in late November, uh, so they sat down and negotiated. They came up with a short agreement, which we call the Mayflower Compact, about 200 words long. And in it, they laid out an idea of how they were going to bridge their differences. They decided on a form of self-government. They were going to elect their own leaders. Now that they were outside English law, they were going to create their own laws. They were going to abolish most forms of hierarchy. So this thing was signed by the servants as well as the masters, by the young as well as the old, and it went into effect. They created with the Mayflower Compact this country's first charter of self-government and they put it into practice, it, it stayed, it worked. For 25 years, Plymouth Colony became a model of how Americans could govern themselves free of the, the tyrant back over there in England. Um, it is a foretaste of what we eventually put forward as the Declaration of Independence, but long long before the Declaration of Independence, it also became the template by which First, New England, and then much of the rest of the country was settled. That is, the idea of small communities capable of governing themselves in a lawful way and treating everybody equal before the law was the founding idea of America. This was a colony without slaves, never had them. It was a colony that recognized that uh, significant differences between those religious dissenters and the secular settlers could be suspended, and we could get along without that. That lesson in how to govern ourselves without tearing ourselves apart is maybe one we should be paying attention to today rather than dwelling on the grievances of 400 years ago.
0: Yeah, amen to that. I mean, it really does focus that the local communities can kind of govern themselves which reinforces the idea of our communities, city, county, and even state levels, the sovereignty of the states right now that can make their own decisions as opposed to the utopian overall federal government kind of abusing what they want to. Uh, we can learn a lot of, a lot of lessons from that from what happened back then and kind of re our roots again in a proper way with proper education. Peter Wood, author of the book 1620, A Critical Response to the 19 or 1619 Project. You can visit more information online as well at EncounterBooks.com. My friend, we're out of time. It goes by way too quick, but it's really fascinating. I'd love this era. And to learn more about this time, Peter, I'd love to get you back on the show again here real soon. Okay, great. Thank you. Hey, absolutely. I appreciate that very much. Uh, right there. I mean, that's lessons that we can take away and that we can learn and maybe re-educate some of our youth again to understand the real history and maybe, just maybe, not have people that are so hateful and vengeful against this country because of what they were taught in K-12 and the higher education system about how bad this nation actually is, learning about the real greatness of this country. I love it. That's what we're all about. One more segment here wrapping up the show when we come back on a Monday here for The Voice Reason. Stay tuned. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at who's your reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at who's your We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show. Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites, YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google play. Tune in, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the Voice of Reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic.
2: You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. So I am
0: starting to try and learn a little bit more about this whole Twitch thing as we do stream live on Twitch. You can go to twitch.com, find us on there. uh, Or Twitch TV, I'm sorry, twitch.tv. You can find the live stream. A lot of people do that for gaming, but there's a lot of shows that are now going there as well. Kind of an online TV station to some degree with different channels. We do have our stream live on there. You can find all our shows and we got actually a decent amount of people that kind of tune into now on twitch which is cool because i haven't even done anything with it really but now that i'm aware that it's kind of a bigger thing i'm going to start focusing more attention build up the profile a little bit more and allow you to enjoy that but uh, i didn't realize there's a chat room in there too so you can leave a chat on the twitch as well or on the youtube right now which are our two main sources plus the website at who's your reason.com thanks again to peter wood coming on the program In the last segment, trying to write history the proper way, trying to learn about it. The American greatness, again, trying to expose the differences between left and right. Andy, I'm not about the left and right division. I just want everybody to get along. There are a lot of people, by the way, that believe that too, and I'm totally with you. Totally with you on that. It's not about right and wrong. It's not about left and right. Well, it's about right and wrong. It's not about left and right. It's about us trying to figure out conservative principles, progressive values. What's the best way to take care of you, your family, your community, and everybody around you? How can you properly do that? And let me tell you, it's not about division and hate and saying, well, you know, look at what we did to people in the past because this country is based on nothing but slavery. Because that's a lie. It's not true, and it's, it, it hurts when we hear something like that. Because, well, the founding Fathers said that you know that uh, you know all men were created equal under God, but yet, yet then you enslaved people and half of them were slave owners. Yes, that is some somewhat true, but at the same time, they knew where this country was going to go and they knew what they wanted to do. Let me ask you something. Just like today. You got to remember, politics is really not a whole lot different than what it was today than what it was back then. When you try to do massive legislation, can you do all of it at the same time, or kind of do a little bit here and there? The big iconic thing that Barack Obama did was, uh, you know, Obamacare. The big iconic thing that Trump did was economic recovery. The big, the big thing that George W. Bush did was the war in the Middle East. That's really like their great things that they did. They couldn't do a whole bunch. Trump did because he was kind of a type A personality. Let's get her done. But it's the government. It was through process. Now, if you're trying to start a brand new nation, is it really feasible at the same time to be like, yeah, we're just going to get rid of all slaves? <laughs> um, doesn't really work that way. At the same time, these first settlements at the very, very beginning of the nation— didn't have slaves. In fact, they had to evolve themselves as well because they tried a little thing called communism to where they had all the same property. They didn't have private property. They all did share everything. So if you went out and hunted, then you had to share it with everybody else because they were all starving and they had communism. And guess what? It didn't work out very well. They didn't begin to flourish until they said, you know what? You're going to have private property. You're going to do your own thing. Yeah, we'll have our community government In our little colonies here but you're going to have private property and you're going to survive on your own and that way you have to kind of go out and do your own thing and that's when they poof they flourish baby, because people when they given the opportunity to do greatness and to keep and reap what you sow and to actually have what you want and be able to go out and work for it and be able to keep it without giving it to the government and having the opportunity to do anything you want to do guess what It's in our DNA as Americans, and by the way, American consumes anybody that has that drive that wants to come to this nation with the streets paved with gold and the opportunity for everybody. That dream gives people the average Joe Schmo American, the average ability to do anything they want to do, and it gives them that drive to want to do it. You know why I love UFC? You know why I love MMA fighting? is because it's on you. You cannot rely on uh, the rest of your baseball team, the rest of your football team, the rest of your basketball team, the rest of your soccer team. It's on you. Either you put in the effort to succeed and win, or you're going to get your butt beat. And you're going to walk out with a concussion, with a broken limb, being knocked out, being choked out, whatever. It's on you. And when given that opportunity to be the best that you possibly can, depending on the energy, the intensity, and the devotion that you put into it, you can excel. And I love it. Because that is the American dream. That is what it's all about. And then you have the elites, the higher-ups that just want to criticize you because you're just a low-information voter, you're a Republican, you're a Trumper, you're a MAGA person, you're a Republican, you're a conservative, you're just an uneducated fool. And they look down on you. Well, guess what? That person that you're looking down on is what built this nation. Your high-society foolishness of looking down and sticking your finger up in the air at us isn't going to fly, because there are a lot more of us than there are of you. And I'm not saying every rich person does that. In fact, very few of them actually do. But the ones that do tend to be on the other side of the aisle, because, well, we know better than you. Again, another division between the conservatives and progressives. We know better than you. Therefore, you can't just live your life your way. We have to show you the error of your ways. We have to punish you for the error of your ways. We need to reprogram you for the error of your ways and make sure you get in line with us or... You're just not worth being part of society anymore. We just need to punish you because of it. Because we don't want anything to do with you. As opposed to the conservative end saying, just leave me the hell alone. Back at it tomorrow. we got a lot of great guests all this week. It's going to be a wild week, so brace yourselves. Until then, be your own voice of reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Everybody have a wonderful Monday evening. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with the Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time.